Welcome to The Five Nine, the official podcast of the Fierce Telecom and Technology Group. Join us each week for the latest insights on 5G, millimeter wave, AI, electronics, sensors, networking, infrastructure, and more in the communications and technology space. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode here of the Five Nine podcast brought to you by the Fierce Tech team. As usual, my name is Alejandro Pinedo, your host. And this week, we have a very special topic talking about connected vehicles and all of the great technology that is going into evolving that experience for us drivers and also folks on the road. I'm joined by Duncan Licensee's Chief Product Officer of Parkopedia. Duncan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. It's really good of you to have me along. I'm looking forward to this. Let me start by introducing myself a little and tell you a bit about Parkopedia. Uh, I lead the product team at Parkopedia. Uh, and Parkopedia is a, a connected car vehicle-centric business. We started out in 2007 focusing on parking, where our founder was struggling to find parking at a conference. And like all good problems, he built a, a digital parking provider platform at global scale. But over time, Parkopedia has grown to become more than just that parking platform. We provide connected car services across lots of different domains, from parking to electric vehicle charging, fueling and crucially, this commerce-centric platform to enable in-car payments to happen and, and in-car commerce. Uh, we work with most of the big global automotive manufacturers, BMW, Mercedes, Hyundai, in more than 20,000 cities. And I think the stat that I love to say is that our services are in 60% of all new connected cars in Europe and 25% of every vehicle on the planet. Wow, it sounds like one of those uh, cases where folks often like to say, you might not have realized that, but you've probably interacted with one of us, uh, our products in the course of your day. <laughs> Absolutely. Duncan, we've been talking a lot about connected vehicles for a long time. It's one of the Cinderella stories, if you will, of connectivity in, in a very applicable vertical, right, for smart technology. I wanted to start the interview here by asking you, about what are some of the new trends within the connected vehicle and in-car technology and how those have been evolving over the years. Perhaps folks are familiar with what they use on a day-to-day basis, but there might be something that's caught your eye or Parkopedia's eye particularly that you'd like to share. Connected cars has been a thing for a very long time, starting out with traffic or emergency, and but it's only in the recent last few years this has reached a pivot point. And increasingly, we think of cars not just as mechanical vehicles, but as software-defined vehicles. And the idea of a car being a software platform or software eating the car, as sometimes people would say, is a real factor. In our world, some of the things that, some of the trends that we see that we think are, are fascinating, the ever-present trend of electric vehicles. Electric vehicles today represent 13% of all new cars that roll off the production line or are sold. And there's a huge amount of headroom there. We see that growing dramatically in pretty much every market on the planet how we create seamless experiences for EV drivers, how we help them deal with range anxiety and charging issues is, is something that I think is, is, is a really interesting problem to solve. There's a huge emphasis on data. These cars are software platforms. They have big screens in them, but those screens are only as useful as the data and the applications that are in them. And so we spend a lot of our time figuring out how to make that data as accurate as possible, as applicable to the user, and crucially figuring out how to make that experience more driver-centric. In-car commerce is, is very nascent. OEM, the automotive manufacturer customers, are very interested in figuring out how they can help make the car, the transaction platform, that, again, makes things easier for the driver. In the future, 
you won't have four different parking apps on your phone and five different RFID cards. Uh, your car will take care of all of that for you. And that's all about making sure that your car can become a commerce platform. And then finally, there's a huge push on the way people interact with their cars, whether that's voice or haptic feedback. And so there's a lot of people working very hard to figure out how to deal with this slightly different interface. You can't be fiddling around with a screen while you're driving down a motorway at, at, at 80 miles an hour. And so I think it's a really important part of that. And then obviously the other trend, the final trend, which is it's one of those trends that's been five years away or 10 years away forever is autonomous driving and autonomous things. And we're doing some really interesting work at Parkopedia around autonomous vehicle parking or AVP, um, autonomous Malay parking, which I think is something that might come sooner than, than general purpose autonomous vehicles. Excellent. I, for one, I'm looking forward to that autonomous parking experience. That's one thing I can do without. But Duncan, I wanted to pick up specifically on, on one point you made there around in-car commerce. I think that's a Something that I haven't really experienced much, I haven't seen work in a way that's seamless and that you can do almost without thinking in a way. Now, I know from preparing for this interview, Duncan, that you have a bit of a, a background in e-commerce. I wanted to get your thoughts on where do you see this evolving? How big of an opportunity is it for those car OEMs and even for other platforms that want to access folks while they're driving or, or in a vehicle? And what that customer experience would ideally look like as it evolved. I'm old enough to remember the beginning of e-commerce. And I remember when people were afraid to put their credit cards into these newfangled websites and deliveries took forever. And the user experience was really messy and difficult. And you had early adopters, but it wasn't widely adopted. And I remember the time when people said, this is only a fad. It's not going to be a thing that, that, that will exist forever. Obviously, we all know how that played out. But I feel like commerce in the vehicle is in very much that same nascent phase where people are trying to figure out what are the right use cases? How does it work? What's the user experience, the driver experience that will really move the needle? Which services? We at Parkopedia do a lot of surveying of drivers. Our most recent survey came out with some really interesting stats from drivers about this, where drivers, 60% of drivers globally tell us that they would like to see vehicle-centric in-car payments. So what do I mean by vehicle-centric? These are the payments that relate to the things the vehicle needs to do. Parking, charging, fueling, tolling. Our OEM customers also care about payments to do with what they call feature on demand. Whether you get a map download or traffic information and things like that, those are obviously also very important to drivers. Too often people get very excited by food delivery to your car, uh, which I think is a genuine use case. But when you talk to drivers, they think the vehicle-centric stuff is far more important because they see that friction every day. Pretty much everyone listening to this podcast will have, if you drive, you will have multiple apps on your phone for parking, all of which you've had to enter your name and credit card number into. If you drive an EV card, you'll have a whole array of other apps and some RFID cards. That friction is not something that can persist. And doing that in the vehicle, using the the big screen that exists in, in most modern cars nowadays with an integrated payments platform is something that I think will make drivers' lives a lot easier. It sounds like a complex person. I mean, who would own that? Who would bring all those applications and all those platforms together in your view? Who needs to own that change? I would say there's a number of different parties. That the, there's no, Unfortunately, there is no one, one person who's going to con- make all of this happen. The automotive manufacturers obviously sit right at the center of this. And we've seen fantastic leadership from some of the, the OEMs. But pretty much every automotive manufacturer out there is trying to figure out how to make this work in the context of their vehicle and their drivers. Platforms like Parkopedia, we think we, we, we have a, an important role to play where we provide the, the underlying rails that make this in-car commerce possible. 
what we do is we bring the inventory, the parking inventory, the EV charging inventory, all of that infrastructure and make it available in the car and then also take care of all the payment orchestration, which is complex and, and obviously very important to get right. And then finally, we have the partners who sit underneath that, whether they are the electric vehicle charging operators or the parking operators, the fueling operators. These people have to be able to plug into this ecosystem. And in some cases, their technology needs to be improved significantly in order to allow that to happen, to move away from an old-fashioned RFID card into an API-driven connected world. And again, they are doing this, some faster than others, but I think the direction of travel is very clear. And, and I wanted to, to pick up on that point specifically where Parkopedia lives in that ecosystem and your role in, in driving that innovation. Now, you mentioned there your role as a platform and, and almost being a, a host for all these services within the vehicle. How do you then work with um, your OEM partners and, and other members of the industry in driving the investment of in-car technologies? You mentioned at the top there that you work with all of these large or most of the large vehicle OEMs. What does that partnership look like? How embedded are you in their development cycles? And how is that progressing? And this is one of the things that makes Parkopedia unique, I believe. We are not a, a separate app that lives in the, the vehicle display. Parkopedia is always tightly coupled with the experience that the, the OEM presents to their driver. That integration uh, almost always starts with the, the mapping or navigation software that comes with the vehicle. And we work with, with partners in, in, the, in the ecosystem to help us deliver that. So we work with, with the big mapping providers, the TomToms of this world to make that possible. And again, we then work very closely with the OEMs to figure out how to create the optimal driver experience, how to make it easy for the driver to use these services. We work very closely with the payment operators. Some automotive manufacturers have started their own payment arms and have their own card processing arms. We work very closely and tightly coupled with those. And then finally, as I said earlier, the partners we work with, whether they are the, the thousands of charging operators around the world or parking operators around the world, we work hard to make sure that we integrate into them and bring their services into the vehicle in a way that's seamless. The crucial thing from a driver's perspective is you don't have to type in your name and, and credit card into five different places. It's tightly coupled, so you don't have to worry about one app handing off to another. It creates ultimately a, a seamless, easy-to-use experience that, that means that things like parking and charging just become a very simple experience, and, and we remove all the anxiety that traditionally comes with those things. Can you perhaps provide an example or a specific example of this in action? You mentioned there parking, electric vehicle charging stations, yeah. payment, so forth. Anything that stands out from Parkopedia's work with partners on, on this front? I think that there are three things that spring to mind immediately, all from our very recent, we're talking in the last few months. In Europe, we've partnered with a, a mobility service provider or an MSP called Plug Surfing. These are the guys who um, an ecosystem over half a million different charging points in Europe. And that's all about the availability of the data, but also the, the payments and, and integration in to enable the charging. We've partnered with them and their platform will become part of our platform and available to drivers through that seamless experience with using things like single sign-on and stuff like that. We've recently also signed a, a collaboration with Blink Charging in North America, who do who are a, one of the largest charging operators. And what we want to do is provide live charger date availability data. We want to make sure that it's easy for people to find charging away from home when they're not charging in their driveway. Again, bringing the Blink inventory into the head unit, making it really easy for the driver to both find that inventory, make sure that it's available and working, and then crucially to pay for it when they want to stop their charge. And then in the automotive space, some of your listeners may have heard uh, our recent announcement together with Hyundai Motor America, 
where we worked very closely with them to launch their payments platform, Hyundai Pay, which will come with the new Kona launching in Baltimore this year and across lots of different lines, so 10 different models over the next few years, where we are essentially allowing those drivers to locate, to reserve, to pay for over 6,000 different parking locations in North America. And we've done that with a partner under the hood as well. That's a really interesting announcement because that those 6,000 locations for reservations is just the beginning. We have a very, and Hyundai have a really exciting plan for driving the growth of that in a way that, that is very aligned with the vision that I talked about earlier. This is great. And this is one of those interviews where I'm trying to imagine my life being easier in the future. I just got a, a parking ticket last month for entering the wrong location code into the parking app. And it took me three, three weeks and numerous letters to the council to get it fixed. So this is all very exciting to me at a personal level. Let me paint a picture that's the alternative to that. You pull up to the charging location or the parking location, and because your vehicle knows where you are and it knows about all the parking locations, because Parkopedia has gathered and, and integrated that data into your vehicle, your vehicle knows which parking location you're at. And moreover, it says, would you like to pay? And you press yes on the screen, you confirm the, the amount, and you get out of your vehicle. And when you get back into your vehicle to drive off, it automatically closes that transaction and you make the payment for just the right amount. That's the experience we have created in a number of different OEM vehicles already. And will, as people roll out new vehicles, will just become the de facto way of paying for parking, I believe. And I guess we're talking about, about a particular pain point, which is familiar to many in terms of payments around parking. But I wanted to ask you, Duncan, looking ahead, what are some of the key areas that you're excited about or looking at in terms of emerging technologies, I'm sure that Parkopedia is working on plenty of different avenues of how to improve that in-vehicle experience and some of which you, you've talked about here. But as we perhaps think future into the future and, and other use cases that will become particularly interesting, where the tech is heading, what would you highlight as something to look out for? I think parking is, is often seen as a relatively staid or mature industry, it's certainly been around for a long time, but it's going through a massive technical transformation. And so I think we have pressure on parking, particularly on-street parking, where, where cities and municipalities are removing on-street parking. And I think the, the services that we provide around dynamic parking availability, the, the machine learning models and AI models that we have to, to forecast where parking will be available is going to become increasingly important for drivers to, to find available parking. There's a, a big push on electric vehicle charging right now, like, as I mentioned earlier. We're working very hard to make sure that we make that. We take, we solve for that range anxiety problem. When you talk to, to, to people who don't have an EV vehicle, the primary reason that they don't consider buying it, there are two reasons. The first one is they're worried about the cost. And the second one is they're worried about running out of charge. The cost is coming down. The, the, the addressing the range anxiety problem is something that's absolutely central to what we want to be able to solve for. And, and, and I think we're, we're making great progress on that. And then finally, the, the, one, of, one, of, one of the things that we work on that, that I think is fascinating is this automated valet parking or automated vehicle parking, where we have mapped out almost a thousand big car parks around the world, car parks in airports and big shopping centers and stuff like that. And that will grow to, to more than 2,000 by the, in, in the next 12 months that essentially allows a vehicle to park itself. And we'll start with indoor navigation, so you can find the parking location you're meant to go to, maybe the, the hidden EV charger that's on the third floor tucked around the corner in a big parking garage, or perhaps in time, once level four automated vehicles come, for you to just get out of the vehicle at, at the entrance to the parking garage and allow the vehicle to park itself. This technology exists. We've done proof of concepts with OEMs. We've seen it work. We know it works. 
It's just a matter of time until it becomes widely adopted. Excellent. Duncan, we're, we're running out of time here. I think I could talk about this a lot. Clearly, I have some issues with parking and whatnot, and, and uh, I have a lot of questions. But in the interest of time and our listeners here, can I ask you to leave us with one final thought then, as, as folks who are listening might walk away from this podcast with, with several notes on what to look for in terms of that in-vehicle experience and, and where they should be thinking in terms of R&D and, and their own investment, perhaps. What, um, what's one key message to leave them with? As an industry, there are a huge number of very smart people, certainly far smarter than me, working on how to figure out, figuring out how to make this technology work how to make the sensor technology, the AI technology, how to make it work. And we all see the benefits of that. We see the strides. The thing I think needs more focus, greater emphasis alongside that, that, that technology work is figuring out how to improve the driver experience, how to make this technology more accessible to ease the burden of adoption. Today in electric vehicle charging, most people that are driving EVs are early adopters. They don't, they don't like the friction that comes with having figure out how to charge and all that sort of stuff. But they figure it out because they have that early adopter mindset. In the coming years, EV adoption will reach the masses. And you don't want your car to be like your microwave where you only know how to use one setting and don't know how to use the 50 other settings because it's just impossible to navigate. Apologies to any microwave listeners out there. But it's one of those things where I think we as an industry need to work really hard to figure out how to make driver experiences better in what is a complex technology set in a complex ecosystem. Excellent. I look forward to uh, having you back on, Duncan, when that all comes to fruition. But for now, I'm afraid we're at the top of our, our episode here. Duncan, Licensed Chief Product Officer at Parkopedia, thanks so much for coming on today and, and sharing your thoughts on this very exciting and uh, quickly evolving field, which is the connected vehicle and the, the vehicle technology. Thanks so much, Duncan. Thank you very much. That was great. And to you, listener, thanks for joining us for yet another episode of the Five Nine uh, podcast. We'll be back next week with more leading voices from the tech world. Until then, take care and speak to you soon. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Five Nine Pierce Telecom's official telecom and technology podcast. Follow us on Zencaster to get the latest ICT insights each week. Get the latest telecom and technology news at our websites: PierceWireless.com. PierceElectronics.com, PierceTelecom.com, and PierceVideo.com. See you soon.